today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Beloved, you cannot keep God in a box. He's not going to just blow the top off the box. He's going to blow the box, okay? And when we say, no, it has to, because it happened to me this way, it's got to happen to you that way. And that is not what we see God doing throughout His Word. We need to realize, gang, that God moves the way He desires to move in order to accomplish His will, both in our personal lives as well as in that overall plan of His kingdom. Perhaps one of the biggest mistakes we can make as believers is comparing our ministries and the way God works in each of our lives. While sharing our testimonies is great for encouragement, comparing for the sake of pride is extremely detrimental. As Pastor David will teach you in his message today, God works in each and every one of us in a unique way. In his study, you'll learn how comparing works not only puts God in a box, but it can just as easily lead to pride, frustration, and discouragement. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Coming of Power. says, and suddenly, and suddenly. You've got to understand, that means uh, uh, abruptly, with, with, without any warning, without any notice, bam, immediately it, it, it happened. They, they, they weren't ready for it, although they were anticipating it. They, they, they weren't really expecting it, though they were expecting something. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what to look for. You, you and I now in, in retrospect, I mean, we've got the whole book. We've got the whole message. We, we see exactly what's going on. But for them, you got to understand that they've been praying and they've been praying for 10 days now. They've been praying, Lord, send down that power that you promised. Send down the, the, the presence of your Holy Spirit that you promised. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know how it was coming. They had no clue at that, but they were faithfully praying day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight, day nine, and then day 10. Bam! Immediately is what Luke says. Immediately there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. What Luke is describing here is an absolute manifestation of the supernatural. It's not just suddenly a windstorm from the Middle East came along and they heard the wind blowing. We get that here all the time. No, what happened here is within that house, this loud noise of this wind came. Again, 
Luke wasn't present at the occasion. He had to rely upon the eyewitness accounts of Peter, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the others that were there. But as the Holy Spirit directed him, and as he spoke with these who had experienced it, Luke wrote down these words, there came a sound from heaven, that supernatural manifestation coming down from heaven. Even as Jesus was taken up into heavens, now this sound is coming down. It was a sound, a supernatural, audible connection, making that connection with physical senses. Different versions say different ways. Uh, The King James, the New King James says, as of a rushing mighty wind. If you have the NIV, it says, like the blowing of a violent wind. The English Standard Version says, a sound like a mighty rushing wind. For how long that noise continued, uh, to what intensity, we don't know. Believe that it was a high intensity, a great intensity. They, they said it was like a mighty rushing or a violent wind. It could have happened only for a few seconds. We don't know for certain. But it was long enough, though, to leave an unforgettable impression on those that experienced it. And we also know that from the text that it went on throughout the whole house. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then just as suddenly as this audible manifestation took place, there came a visible supernatural manifestation, this work of God where it says, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Other versions say uh, what seemed to be tongues of fire or what looked like flames or tongues of fire. And again, how do you explain the supernatural. How do you explain what you've really never seen before and you're trying to put words to it? It appeared like, it seemed like, it looked like tongues of fire. And not on just a few, not on just the 12. No, this fell on everyone that was in the house. One sat upon each of them. And in one way or another, God was about to use every one of them in that room that day. Now, because, once again, because we have the book, we, we, we have the text right in front of us, we know that in just a very few short moments, the Lord is going to use Simon Peter to be able to declare, to speak to all the crowds that were there gathered in Jerusalem on that day, to speak to them about what's happening. But at this time, each and every one that's in the house, they heard the sound from heaven, that rushing wind, they saw the divided tongues as a fire land on each one. I believe that what was taking place is that the very glory of God would, had come into that place had come upon them. The Holy Spirit of God had fallen upon them. And what does verse four say? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The power, the presence, the majesty, the glory of God came upon them in a real and in a dynamic way. This dunamis, this, 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 that Greek word for power, we get the word dynamite. The power of God came upon them. That was the promise of the Father. Jesus had told them only a few short days ago, he says, you shall be baptized by or with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He had also shared with them that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
Prior to that, he had revealed to them, I'm going, but I will send the promise of my Father upon you. And once that promise of the Father comes, he said, and you will be endued with power from on high. This is what was taking place at that very moment in that house. As the very presence and the power of the Holy Spirit overwhelmed their lives. And it's at that point, guys, that they just began worshiping and praising and declaring the greatness of who God is. And as they experienced for that first time that filling of the Holy Spirit in their lives, they broke out in this time of praise and honor to God. And as he filled their lives, they began to overflow, to burst out with joy and praise to God Almighty. Now, a little bit of background before we go further. At this time in, his, in the history of Israel, nearly every Jew spoke and understood a minimum of three languages. Pretty impressive. They, they, they knew Hebrew because Hebrew was the, the language of religion and of their worship. They understood and spoke Hebrew in the times of worship. They also understood Aramaic. Aramaic was a language that came to the Middle East during that time, actually about 900 years prior. 900 BC or so is when Aramaic became one of the main trade languages of that area. They would also know and speak and understand Greek in the form of the Koine Greek, the common Greek language, not the high Greek, but the common. The common Greek language, again, that was because of the culture of the, of the Roman uh, 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 reality, the Roman presence there in Israel. And again, they had been there now for quite some time. But as the Spirit gave them utterance, these within the house, began to shout out and to give praise. As they did, they were no longer just speaking Hebrew, although some of them could have been speaking Hebrew. Also, there, there may have been some, not all of them, but possibly some, that were crying out even in Aramaic. And some, I believe, could have been praising God in the Koine Greek. But there were also a multitude of other languages that were being spoken, well beyond the learning, well beyond the experience of those that were within that house. A little bit later in the passage, look down in verse 9. We read that there were men there that were from the, the Parthians and the Medes and the Eliamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia. Verse 10 says that there were some there from Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. There were also visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, those who were Gentiles that became Jews that had come there from Rome, there to be in Jerusalem during the time of Pentecost. There were also Cretans and Arabs. And they said that we here, we these, all of these people, we hear them, these people from, there in the house, the 120, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now let's pause for a moment just to clarify a few things because, again, we, we need to look at the detail, actually, of what God has given us in his word. Back up with me to verse 4. Here we clearly see three separate phrases 
that the Holy Spirit led Luke, the author of the book of Acts, to write. Look at it there in verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, phrase 1. Phrase 2, and began to speak with other tongues, phrase 2. Phrase 1, phrase 2. And as the Spirit gave them utterance, phrase 3. Okay, Phrase 1, there's no doubt they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke's very clear at that point. All of those that were in the house were filled with the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, the dunos from the Father, that power, you'll be endued with power from on high. Phrase 2, they began to speak with other tongues. The word translated here as tongues, again, comes from that Greek word glossa, which means it can either mean the, the physical thing within your mouth right now, the tongue, or it can mean the language that you speak. They speak with the language or with the tongue of Arabic or whatever. So you have those two deals. But we see within the context here that what Luke is speaking about is language, not just the physical tongue. We'll come back to this language thing in a moment. But before we forget, look at that third phrase. The third phrase, actually this is, this is uh, I believe, the troubling modifier in trying to fully understand what exactly took place in the first century Jerusalem and what even takes place today. The phrase is, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now stick with me here. Because I believe we have to look very honestly at this particular modifier, this qualifier, that the Holy Spirit led Luke to write in that same verse. There's no doubt that, that, that by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, God did a miraculous work in these believers. It was out of the ordinary, it was out of the normal, not a natural move. It was a supernatural move of God. And when Luke writes here, as the Spirit gave them utterance, its meaning actually can be construed within the context of what he's writing here in, I believe, a couple of different ways. The first one is, the Spirit gave utterance as the Spirit gave them utterance, that the Spirit gave utterance to some to speak in foreign languages, and to some he did not. Again, as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, some spoke in an unknown language, and others simply spoke in a language they knew. And we'll look at the reasoning for that in a moment. They would have spoken in Hebrew or Aramaic or even in Greek as the Spirit gave them utterance. It would be as if I came to you this morning and said, okay, I want everyone to stand up as I point to you. Not everybody's going to stand up, but as I point to you, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I believe that some had that utterance of foreign language. Some spoke a language they knew, Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek. That's one idea. The second idea is they all spoke in foreign languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. To one speaking one foreign language, to another, another foreign language. In other words, 
I would like for all of you to just tell me your first name. And when I say go, go. I'm giving you that opportunity as the Spirit gave them, okay? So that's that idea. The reason this is so important and the reason I'm zeroing in on this is because of the belief of some that if you are baptized in the Spirit, or as Luke says here, you are filled with the Spirit, that the, some believe that the only evidence of that is you will speak in foreign or unknown tongues. It's here, I believe, that we need to take an honest look at the, at the exegesis or the, the clear interpretation of the text, as clear as we possibly can. One thing we find later in the text we read that the tongues that were spoken here, they, they were definitely not an incoherent or an ecstatic uh, tongues, but they were actual languages that were spoken here in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Also, as we bring the whole balance of this passage into view, I believe that we can clearly see that some spoke in foreign langu- languages while others spoke in known languages. Look at the passage again, verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now also in the context of what Luke is writing here, We need to see that there were no fewer than 14 and probably no more than 15 different language groups that were represented here on that day. These men that were hearing the wonderful works of God in their own language. Again, look down in verse 8. We see all the different language groups uh, that, that are there. Again, how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Verse 9 says, Parthians, and then Medes, and then Eliamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, number 5, 6 is Cappadocia, Pontius, uh, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, it makes for 10. Then there's Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. Visitors also from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, and we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, as we read this, it would seem, in full understanding of the context of it, that those visitors from Rome, they would have heard these words in Greek. That was the language. That's where they were born. We hear it in Greek. Those who were in Judea, that's the Hebrew nation, that's the Jewish nation. They would have heard these praises in Hebrew from the places where we are born. We hear these things. Uh, it would either be in Hebrew or Aramaic. And if it was Aramaic, if some were speaking in Aramaic, then you need to understand that in the countries around Mesopotamia at that time, for over 900 years, Aramaic was the main language of that time. And again, they received their own language in which they were born. And they would have been able to hear them speaking in their own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, again, don't get me wrong here, please. 
This is a powerful, this is a supernatural miracle of God that took place there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit fell with power and supernatural signs, and many there spoke in languages they had never learned, perhaps never even heard of before, because of the gifting of the Holy Spirit. But you need to understand, too, that some received that foreign language, some simply declared it in their own language. And again, the reason I focused on this so much that some spoke in foreign languages and some not, is again the frustration that I see all too often within the church and in particular lives of believers. They feel in essence that, gosh, if God doesn't work in my life in the same way that he worked in so-and-so's life, then he must not be working in my life. Or on the opposite side, We hear some folks saying, well, if God hasn't done to you what he did to me, then apparently he hasn't done to you what needs to be done. And beloved, I think within the context of what we see here, I believe that we've taken and and misconstrued, misunderstood, really and truly, all that God is doing. Beloved, you cannot keep God in a box. He's not going to just blow the top off the box. He's going to blow the box, okay? And when we say, no, it has to, because it happened to me this way, it's got to happen to you that way. And that is not what we see God doing throughout his word. We need to realize, gang, that God moves the way he desires to move in order to accomplish his will both in our personal lives as well as in that overall plan of his kingdom. The word of God tells us that the believers spoke that day as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And we dare not make more of it than what it is. Guys, we also read the Apostle Paul's writings. You don't need to turn there, but you can write it down for further reference. Paul writing that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. He tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And then he moves on to speak about a diversity of that manifestation through a variety of gifts to a variety of individuals. In verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says that there is one and the same Spirit who works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. Distributing to each one individually as he will. We're going to be getting into more of this later as we get through Acts. There's so much we could say. We could keep you for hours today. We could come back this afternoon and share some more today. But for right now, this is where we're at. Stay tuned, okay? Realize that as we seriously, honestly, and, 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 and humbly seek the face and the presence of Almighty God through faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior, God will reveal himself. God desires to reveal himself to you. And as the Holy Spirit of God fills our lives, 
He'll work in us to make us usable vessels for His glory. And beloved, He does that in a variety of ways as the Spirit of God chooses. Amen. Thanks for joining Pastor David today as we study the book of Acts on the open word. Though our program has come to an end today, your time in God's word can continue. It could be beneficial to go back and study today's passage in Acts on your own and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you read. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor David, you'll find them at theopenword.com. We'd love to meet you too. If you're in the Casa Grande area, please join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. For directions and service times, give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Now let's turn it back over to Pastor David for a quick request for you, our listener. Thanks, Chris. You know, as this ministry continues to grow and reach further into the community and around the nation with the message of the gospel, I know the enemy wants to stop it. I also know that prayer is a big part of holding him back. Would you take time to pray for us every time you tune in to The Open Word? Pray too for our listeners, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and those who may have yet to place their faith in Jesus. This last category especially needs prayer. It could be that the next message you hear may be the first time they're learning about the hope that's only found in Jesus. Please pray that their hearts would be open and that they'd make a decision to follow Jesus forever. Hey, thanks for praying, and thank you for being a loyal listener to The Open Word. Make a small-